Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and bitches who love patchouli. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, the art of palmistry, witches in the news, and a spell for happiness. Good for you. Now we're happy. Da, da, da. I don't remember how that song goes. If you're happy and you know it, read your palms. Mm-mm. If you're happy and you know it, read your palms. Mm-mm. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, read your palms. So, of course, starting off, what is the Apple Podcast review of the day, baby? Okay, let's see. Something that's not too long. Okay, this is kind of funny, though. Okay. So, this is Dark Witches Curse Me to Do It by Josie MM19. Yes. Which could be Josie. Mm-mm. Ooh. So, Josie says... Okay, but honestly, I started this podcast a couple months ago. I started a new job last week that has a 45-minute commute each way. I'm used to 10 minutes. She says, let me tell you my life story. <laughs> Listen. For me, this is a lie. <laughs> I was working from my bedroom to my kitchen, Takes and a- this is a big change for me. 10 minutes. <laughs> from my bedroom to my kitchen. She lives in a mansion. She does. West wing to east wing. Exactly. So she says... This pod has been a lifesaver. I'm big sad that I'll catch up soon. Then she says, parentheses, update. Update. I did catch up. No, Josie. (laughs) And it is more devastating than I thought it would be. My commute will never be the same. (laughs) You'll have to wait like the rest of them. (laughs) Truly, this girl is having a bad day. Well, you could get a Patreon and have a good day. That's true. We do have episodes on Patreon. A wink. Cha-ching, cha-ching. And a (laughs) pop, pop. Dollar sign. And then the cash register noise. It's, it's MIA. That's it who sings that song. We could have figured it out like a week ago. <laughs> and she was like, see ya? SZA? SZA? AFI? Who is it? <laughs> it's MCR? No? Okay. All I want to do is pop, pop, pop off some of those Apple Podcast reviews. So get in on it. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Here we are with that good, good energy today, baby. We are recording on Saturday, November 7th, which if you're in the U.S., you know it's kind of an important day today. So we're a little giddy. And if there's noises outside, this is just Brooklyn, I think, celebrating. I hope so. Or everyone's on fire and we don't know. This could all be sirens (laughs) from a mass murder. And I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> it was really funny because there's like a lot of honking cars. Yeah, but that's also New York, you know. Yeah, well, I was like, everybody's so aggressive today. <laughs> Everybody needs to calm down, be more patient. Everyone's in a bad mood. But no, then they honk when they're in a good mood. So New York is just really difficult to understand. They also honk when they're sad about first responders. And happy about first responders. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, it's seven o'clock. Beep, 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 beep. And everyone's like, I'm just trying to make this left turn. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. There's a couple. They're walking. They're old. <laughs> what do I do? 
Do you have a check-in? Do you have anything you want to say to me? I'm just happy to be alive today, Tara. Yeah. Very happy. I mean, I feel like you guys, we can get political for one podcast at the beginning. That's it. You can skip it. It's fine. But this is very exciting and very big news that the Associated Press called Joe Biden as the winner of the 2020 presidential election because top number one for me, Kamala Harris being the first female vice president ever ever, ever, ever. And I felt like the devastation for me when I was voting for Hillary in 2016 is you had a woman who had done her whole life in politics, knew the game, knew the lingo, knew the words, and this random ass dude who just happens to be fucking rich. This random man. <laughs> who is, who this, is this man? white man just came in. And I mean, we all know how it goes down. So whether you liked Hillary or not, but it was just a very classic example of how the glass ceiling works mm-hmm. and that people don't trust women in leadership roles. And I mean, lady president one day, bitch, we're waiting for it. But this is still very huge, especially that she's a woman of color too. Like that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So that part made me cry. Like Joe Biden, whatever. But Kamala Harris being VP, like I teared up. I was like, <laughs> the car ride. So I'm very excited about that. And I feel like for people who don't think this might actually like change their lives a lot, which one, great privilege. If you don't think anything's yeah. going to change your life, like that's amazing. Good job, Monica. I'm glad you're doing really great right now. <laughs> She's like, I'm coasting on my inheritance. Really, nothing applies to me. Josie's over here like, it takes me 45 (laughs) minutes to get to my other kitchen. She's still working from home. I'm sorry, Josie. It's just a longer track. (laughs) I got to get on my golf cart. Exactly. I got to scoot, scoot. (laughs) Got to pass my waiters. (laughs) But it's such a big deal. And hopefully, I mean, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with unemployment during the rest of Trump's presidency, if he will decide to like give the people who need the money the money or if he holds out out of spite. We honestly have no idea right now. But just being like, great, now we can start these conversations about getting these fucking children out of cages that are at our border. Like Mm -hmm. just things like that. And it's just so like not heartwarming. It's not even heartwarming. It's just like this is kind of the first time I felt like hopeful about our nation in four years. Yeah. Which is just really, really crazy because that's a long time. It's a long. (laughs) It's a really long time. I was talking to a friend and I was like, I've been feeling for the past like four or five days since Tuesday, I mean really Monday, like this horrible like knot in my chest yeah, and like this feeling like I can't get a full gasp of air and I can't focus. And I was sort of thinking about how actually I've really been feeling that and a lot of people have been feeling that exact emotion for the past four years. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, if we're talking about like progressive politics, like people that are really far on the left, that really challenge our government to work towards powerful social programs and really rely on those things have been feeling that for decades. Yeah. And so to watch us fall further and further into just further and further into that space has been so disheartening. And even negating just basic science. Yeah. And encouraging to dispute basic science. It's just been so frustrating. Mm -hmm. And it really hasn't been, people are saying like, you know, Joe Biden isn't the president I wanted. And I I saw a lot of people be like, you know, this isn't really like a choose your fighter situation. This is like a choose your enemy situation. So I'm not saying that Joe Biden is our enemy, but who do you want to be your adversary? Who do you want to fight with and fight for new and better conditions for people around the country? So this seems like a situation where he's going to pick judges and going to pick like chairs for departments that are actually people that are gonna 
Ooh, God, cross mine, 18,000 fingers <laughs> that are going to like listen to people. Yeah. You know, it's really it's like, who do you think would listen to you? Yeah. More so than, you know, an absolute cartoon network villain. Yeah, exactly. And on January 20th, 2021, when they're sworn in, we will probably have tons of problems with them. Yeah. But for now, I am just so excited to not listen to my daily news podcast first thing in the morning and being told by a reporter what a tweet said. Yeah. Cannot wait. (laughs) Let's let Twitter die after this. And people be like, does the tweet mean that they're policy (laughs) if he tweeted it do trans people have to leave the military yeah and also if you don't know like what our political beliefs are alicia and i are vegetarian and vegan um <laughs> like lgbtq city living city living which is which is with master's degrees from liberal arts colleges like who do you fucking think you are yeah i sin every day i sin and i like it come on my face devil come on so so that was our thing we normally don't we'll say like vote do the census blah 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 but we normally don't get into politics but just before we leave this thank you so much to everyone who registered to vote even if this went the other direction i mean this is kind of like the first election that it's like your vote in some states really fucking matter really fucking matter like you can never be like well i mean the electoral college so like voting doesn't matter anyway like states swung like three days later it's Mm -hmm. so crazy And the Electoral College has problems all by itself, which we can or can't get into. Racist. But. (laughs) Sorry. Just even being able to see like people being like count every vote Mm -hmm. and just like making sure that democracy is working and functional and doing what it's supposed to be doing so that the people are heard. It was fucking incredible. So Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of everyone, especially anyone who voted for the first time this time. Like, congrats. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. You should be really proud. I'm crying again. No, don't. (laughs) Did you have more of a check in? That was really my check in was talking no, not, about politics not really i uh i mean everybody in my close network of friends knows that i've been going through it a little bit like the past uh month or so yeah and just to like find out that like i am gonna get to move into my new apartment like we are gonna have a new present and there's not a tumor in my brain whoop, whoop. It's like just a lot of really like good energy that I have really been waiting for and I'm really pumped about it. But that's it. I'm just like, we're on the come up. And if you're listening, because this drops on Wednesday, tell Tara happy birthday, a happy belated. Yeah, my birthday was yesterday, guys. 29. Twenty-nine doing fine. Twenty-nine doing just fine. Don't worry too much. Don't ask me deeper questions of that. (laughs) Don't read my Zanga. I'm doing just fine, Mom. That's it. That's it. It's on lock. It's on private. We're not doing that anymore. And before we move on to talking about palmistry, thank you to everyone who donated to Black Girls Code. We raised nearly five hundred dollars.
which is amazing because it takes so much work for you to listen to a podcast, then click a link to go donate. Like, yes, let's do it. So we are going to look through who donated and we will be reaching out to our three lucky tarot winners sometime this week. Mm. It could be you, baby. Could be you. It's probably you. (laughs) It's you. Can you? I'm in your ear. Guess what? It's you. We picked you. They're like, oh my God, oh my God. Me? It's like a publisher clearinghouse <laughs> of the a million dollar. We show up with a check. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it's like Oprah and we're like bringing in the trays of all of like the little boxes filled with car keys. Yes. I'm like, don't open your boxes. Get ready. Get ready. Sit you down. get a car. You get a car. Yes. But that means that Alicia and I are going to take our annual winter vacation. Yes. Last year was a fall break, but now we've decided we deserve a winter vacation. We're on the come up. Mm-hmm. We're on the <laughs> Haven't you heard? We're celebrating holidays this year. <laughs> we have the money to do so, finally. So we have this episode and one more episode. And then that's going to be the end of season two of Witch Yes. Mm-hmm. And then at the show notes of our next episode, we're going to include a survey and we're going to ask for listener suggestions of potential topics for us to go into because there are so many. Yeah, we really want to know what you guys want to listen to because I could talk about, you know, possession all day, every day. Yeah. Weird shit happens. Yeah. And especially in a lot of parts of witchcraft, there are so many topics that it'd be really fun to even see like what people are gravitating to and want to learn more about. So stay tuned for that. That will be in the show notes of the next episode. But today we're going to talk about uh, what the future says in my hands. Hold on. Let me look at him. Oh, my God. I watched them. You're a beautiful, attractive, successful, talented, what else? Ambitious, (laughs) magnetic winner it says oh, you're a winner it says i'm a winner it says, uh, you're like oh w-i-n-n-e-r yeah, you exclamation gotta, like, squish your hands together to see the w a bit <laughs> but it's there so easy easy palmistry i look at my hands and i read it like a book how do i what even is this the future is in our hands so my favorite thing just to start us off yes please one of my favorite things to do is i used to work with kids teaching them robotics and i have some nieces and michael his family has a lot of nieces and nephews my favorite thing in the whole wide world is i'm witchy i got dangly earrings my eyeliner top and bottom these days and so i love going up to a child and being like oh my gosh can i read your palm it's best if they're under six because they haven't gotten into that whole that's not real (laughs) tara and i'm like uh that's miss tara to you (laughs) that's miss i am like a teacher to you i am older (laughs) i demand respect and like taking their little hand their little tiny human hand and being like wow, you're a really good listener, aren't you? And like squishing their little palm and being like, you know, you always want to do the right thing, don't you? You look out for your friends. You just brainwash them into characteristics you wish they would have. Exactly. It's like looking at a bad child and being like, you know what? I think that if I'm looking at this right, you see this line right here? It says that, you know, you're actually a really good rule follower and that makes you a leader. And they're like, what? And then they behave better. I love that. I loved I had a little kid. I won't say her name, but I had a little kid in a class one time. And I was like, you know, you have a really powerful intuition. And she was like, what's that? And I was like, sometimes you have feelings about things and people and situations that turn out to be right. 
And she was like, that is my darkest secret. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, you're five. What? She's like, I think I'm a psychic. I, I can tell the future. <laughs> I see dead people. She's like, let me read your palms. <laughs> and I'm like, take them, take them. Take them, please. <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. So if you're around kids, tell them that they're good people. They love that. Mm-hmm. That's really all they want is to be told that they're good. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all Artemis wants. That's definitely all Marcel wants. You're a very good boy. You're a very good boy, Marcel. Thank you so much. So what is palmistry? Looking at your hands to figure out the future. Okay. Boom. Roasted. Done. Looks fleshy. Ew. Pink? (laughs) Wrinkles? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm aging. It's also known as palm reading, chiromancy, or chirology. Chirology. I know. Like, it's a study of the different lines in your palms and how to tell your future or fortune through those lines. Those academics would call this a pseudoscience, but just like ghosts and possession, fortune telling through reading palms is practiced in different cultures all over the world. Take that, scientist. (laughs) Take that, Bill Nye. He might be into it. I don't know. Eh. We should send him a DM and ask. No, we should not. He brought a tarot reader on his show and made fun of him for like 30 minutes. Oh, and no. I was like, that man was, the man literally came on and was like, I just, you know, I use it as a way for people to answer their own questions about their life. And he was like, but have you read the statistics? And he's like, I just want people to believe in themselves. And I was like, that poor man with that fedora. Bill Nye wants to knock us all down <laughs> with his science. And his facts, <laughs> and his belief in the stars. And that they don't mean anything. <laughs> Those who practice palmistry are called palmists, hand readers, hand analysts, or chirologists. So if you want to be super fancy on your LinkedIn and you're just reading palms, you can say you're a chirologist and people will never ask you what it is. No, it sounds like a chiropractor. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, yes, doctor. Nurse? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse. In terms of history, not a lot is actually known about the ancient history of palmistry. However, it was very common in different areas of the Eurasian landmass, especially in India, Nepal, Tibet, China, Persia, Sumeria, Palestine, and Babylonia. Which sounds like a lot of places. It does, yeah. Palmistry is believed to have its roots in Hindu astrology, Chinese I Ching, and Roma fortune tellers. From there, just spread to other countries in Europe and Asia, because, you know, everyone likes visiting people love to travel <laughs> just slip and sliding down that down that silk road i'm sure it's like oh i have to flee my town for my life <laughs> oh, i am but... a refugee <laughs> oh no but they brought palm reading with them they're like and that's okay this is how we're gonna get through the dark dark night while the soldiers search for us in the woods <laughs> shh, shh, shh. it says right here on this line you're really really quiet <laughs> shh Apparently, Aristotle discovered a treatise about palmistry on an altar of Hermes, which then he showed to his homie, Alexander the Great. And Mr. Alexander the Great got, like, really into it. Oh, interesting. But to the point where he began examining the hands of all of his officers to make sure that their intentions were true to his cause and that they wouldn't betray him. That sounds like me. Which sounds so (laughs) crazy. And it's also like, I can't imagine going to a work interview and they're like, can I see those hands? No, I mean, palms up, palms up. (laughs) And they're like, ooh, it says you're lazy. (laughs) I'm like, but my resume, Mm, I don't know. The hand, though, the hand. Shit. During the Middle Ages, the Catholics did not like palmistry. 
as they did not like most things and still do not like most things. Yes. Except for the Pope. The new Pope likes more things and tried to actively suppress it as they did with a bunch of things and activities from people of color. We know this. In the Renaissance era, palmistry was regarded as a forbidden art. Okay. Which sounds so sexy, but it was in good company because pyromancy, hydromancy, aromancy, geomancy, and some bone throwing were also called a forbidden art. How to make something sound so fucking cool. I know. What makes you want to do something more (laughs) than call it a forbidden art form? Exactly, exactly. You're like, yes, let me open up this book signed by the devil. And then palmistry experienced a revival in 1839, starting with a publication called La Chironomy by Captain Casimir Stanislas D'Arpitigny, maybe, allegedly, that's his name. Don't matter, he's probably dead. He is very dead. It translates to the science of the hand, but I scoured Google and could not find any more information about it, which was very frustrating because I was here ready to give you like a book review. As I do, except everyone quoted the same line on Wikipedia. So any website that mentioned it just stole that line from Wikipedia and no one went into further detail about this book. Oh, that's so annoying. That happens so much when we're researching shit like this where I'm like, I really don't know if a 14 year old made this up and put it on Wikipedia. Oh, it's so irritating. It's everything. It's everything. But that makes me believe the book must seriously be one of those spooky lost art books because why would there not be more information on it? What is this book hiding? How can I get one? If anyone has this book in English, of course, like, come on, please. Don't make jokes. I'm not going to translate it. Please send it my way. But of course, it's the 1800s again. So you know what else is happening? That spiritualism movement, baby. When we say we're into weird woo-woo shit, we fucking mean it. My son is dead from the war and I still need to talk to him because he's got chores to do. I have to tell him the town gossip. Of course, with the spiritualist movement, many scammers came out of the woodwork. And to actively combat that, the Chirological Society of Great Britain was founded in London. And it stated, and I quote, to advance and systematize. That was a hard word. Systematize. Systematize. To advance and systematize the art of palmistry and to prevent charlatans from abusing the art. And then the United States wanted to join in. So they made the American Chirological Society in 1897. Because they were like, ooh, charlatan? Oh. Welcome to our country. This is, we have a big problem. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like a good way to handle this. Let's figure this out. We love rules. And then we have one famous society palmist named Chiro. William John Warner, which I understand why he didn't use that name. That was probably everyone's (laughs) name. So William John Warner became a famous palmist named Chiro during the spiritualist movement. He was the society palmist for many famous people of the era, including people such as Mark Twain, Mata Hari, Oscar Wilde, Grover Cleveland, Thomas Edison, and the Prince of Wales, like among others. So you wanted your palm read? You came to this man. He's your guy. He's your boy. He documented his readings with these clients by asking them to sign a guest book like kind of like what you would do in an airbnb or like at a wedding yeah you're like hags (laughs) i should figure out something better to say in the guest book of the wedding i'm going to soon (laughs) have a great summer marissa (laughs) oh that's good chiro encouraged his clients to comment on their experiences basically like writing reviews for his services so yelp 
before Yelp. Five stars. Five stars. Mark Twain wrote in this book, Chiro has exposed my character to me with humiliating accuracy. Oh no. I ought not to confess this accuracy. Still, I am moved to do so. Like, ooh, what does that mean? So he had a few predictions. One of his predictions was the Jews would return to Palestine and the country would again then be called Israel, which there is an Israel. Right? Yeah, no, they came back. This sounds real. Chiro also predicted that William Peary, who was the chairman for the company that built the Titanic, would be in for a fight for his life. Peary himself did not die on the Titanic, although his nephew did. So someone did die. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Rip, man. Sucks. But I'm sure having a really big boat sinking did not, like, help his construction company. Mm -mm. That sounds like really bad PR. No, not five stars. One stars in this situation. (laughs) Chiro, five stars. This guy, one star. And fun fact, Peary was asked ahead of the Titanic sailing off if there were an adequate amount of lifeboats on the boats. And he said a boat of this size was unsinkable. And the rafts would only be needed to rescue those who were not aboard the ship. So what a cute thought. He's like, oh, we're going to be sailing along in my unsinkable boat. And then some stranded person will be. And we'll just like, you know, we'll bring them in. Like someone drunk falls off the boat. Oh, yeah, maybe. We only really need one. Oh, shit. Search and rescue. No, no. Man, I'm feeling a little like like William Peary right now. (laughs) We need to get some more boats. We need more boats. And then on the night he died, Chiro's nurse said that the clock outside his room struck the hour of one thrice. What does it mean? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't know. What's... I was like, why did you include this? This says nothing. Prime numbers. Um, I mean, it, his clock was messed up. It was broken. Yeah, attention. <laughs> they should have got someone to fix that. So, okay. That's the the brief history of palmistry with some fun facts thrown in, of course. Mm -hmm. So how do I do this? I'm actually kind of interested in learning how to do it because it comes off as it should be easy because, well, not everyone. Most people do have hands. Mm Mm-hmm. But how are we going to do this? It does seem like it should be easy. Also, because it's like so ingrained in our culture. I feel like it's in movies. It's in TV shows. Like I knew about reading palms like as early as elementary school. Yeah. Not so much as with like other types of pyromancy and the such and the like and the moon and the stars. So my first question was... Which hand do we read? That's a great question because I don't know. So ideally, if you have two hands, you're going to read both hands because they inform one another. But the right hand is the dominant hand for your reading. Okay. And you might be asking why. I am. Thank you for Wait, your the question. Right, okay. The right hand. The right hand is your dominant hand. In general. In general. Okay. When you're reading predictive Because I was like, well, my dominant hand is my right hand. But we're just saying for reading, the right hand yeah. is the one you look at first. It doesn't matter if you write with your left hand. It doesn't it. matter if you write with your left hand and serve a tennis ball with your right. You're not special. Got it. Okay. So that's because the left hand is the hand that represents the potential you came into the world with. Did I say that right? The left hand, right? Did yeah. I say that? Okay. You did. You did. Okay. Thank God. And then the right hand is the path that you've created with your silly human choices. So the right hand is full of disappointments. Yes. And, and the this left is- hand is what hope your mother instilled in you when you were born. Exactly. So it's like the path that you set yourself upon is more important than the path that you could have been on if your parents had let you take viola lessons. Like you so desperately wanted to. I just to. wanted to take dance. I just wanted to read the cheetah book. Yeah, I did. I, I could, could have been a biologist. You could have been. I wouldn't be here right now, but I'd probably be rich. Hopefully. Are scientists rich? Not all the time. Mm. 
But they get to wear coats. I feel like being president's the only way to get rich quick. (laughs) (laughs) Next four years, I'll start campaigning now. So what if you only have one hand? Good question. You're going to read the hand that you have. (laughs) You don't get to choose someone else's hand. No, no, no. (laughs) And as far as I understand, you cannot read hook hands or like those little grabby hands. And, you know, palmistry has not come along far enough to read cool robotic hands. But maybe we'll get there. Okay, that'd be cool. Okay, what if, you know, you have arthritis or like a unique hand shape from a congenital condition like symbrachidactyly or you have no hands at all? Okay. So for one... Individuals with unique hand shapes can still have palms. Or maybe if you don't have a palm, you might have particular fingers. And fingers are also a part of palmistry. So whatever you have is enough. Love that. For twosies, if you don't have any hands, get this. You are going to be able to read everyone's fucking life like a fucking open book. And no one is going to be able to read you. (laughs) You are just absolutely above it all above it all i love it your secrets are safe exactly so let's oh, get that's into like it. the highest form of scorpio yo <laughs> i love that good everyone else is underneath a microscope and you're the giant fucking scientist looking in on these amoebas you are god <laughs> i love it so Okay, before we get into what's on our hands, let's talk about hands themselves. So information you can pick up before you even get into divination. Are the hands callous or smooth? Are the fingernails dirty or clean? Is there any scarring or injury? How expensive does that wedding ring look? <laughs> does she have sweaty hands? Maybe a little bit of a slight, a slight, a slippity slide. Oh, is she nervous with that wedding ring hand? Like, does she hate her husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did she take it off and put it to the side when she saw how handsome you were? Mm-hmm. So these are all things to pay attention to. You don't necessarily need to make judgments based off of them, but they are like sort of ingredients to your divination soup. Love it. Now, if you start Googling palmistry, you'll start learning about the four elemental hands. This is when you're going to start looking at your hands. But if you are driving, what is it? Three and ten. Two and ten. Three and nine. Drive the school bus. No, sorry. Two and ten are the numbers that? No, two and ten. 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 Two. Ten and two? Ten and two. Drive. Okay, okay. I'm following. These are the hands. Look at your hands. Got it. So you're going to be noticing fingers and palm size. These are the elemental hands. Earth hand. Fingertips, fingernails, the whole damn palm is thick and square. The length of the hand can be equal to the width. It is literally a baseball glove. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't have big hands. I have earth hands. Okay. So it's like big palms, short fingers. Earth hands are practical, level-headed, reliable, and prefer to go out and do rather than sit inside and read about the things that they want to be doing. But just like most earth signs in astrology, they can be too wrapped up into like the material plane. They can also be emotionally dense. Okay. Fire hand, long palm, short finger. Sometimes the length of the palm can actually be greater than the length of the middle finger. So I like this palm because it's supposed to have really distinct features, really deep creases really large mounds which we'll get to in a second so what do we associate with fire hands impatience passion confidence think all that aries energy love it air hands not air heads (laughs) air hands Square palm, long finger. So if you're measuring your hand and palm length, if you have air hands, the length of your palm is likely the same length as your middle finger. Okay, I think that's me. Look at the knuckles. If you have large protruding knuckles, earth hands. large. Are you insecure? Do you think about rings when you're putting them on? Large protruding knuckles. Do you feel like when you put on rings, you're really thinking about the width of your knuckle rather than the width of your finger? 
I wouldn't say your knuckles no, are protruding. I don't think so. Also, look at the thumb. How low does it sit? <laughs> I feel like that's pretty medium. Okay, thank you. I don't know what it means, but thank you. So air hands are held by people who are curious, intellectual, and have a lot of ideas, but these fools are so fucking anxious. So just like their astrological counterparts, they can be great communicators, but if they internalize their feelings too much, they become little balls of stress. Yeah, I can see that. Now water hands, which is basically who's left, long palms, long fingers. You are an octopus. These are tentacles. I'm just kidding, but they are sort of normally very soft, thin, and flexible. That's what I've always felt like you had. <laughs> She's been looking at my hands for years and been like, oh, look at those water hands. I dream about those hands. <laughs> They're so wet. They're <laughs> like really moist. But So people with water hands are in tune with their emotions. They're compassionate and sensitive, but like most of our favorite water babies, they can be prone to being far too sensitive. Their feelings are easily hurt and that can lead to problems. But My feelings very- aren't easily hurt. Okay, don't cry about it. <laughs> okay. So these are the elemental hands. So wait, which hands do you have? I think I have air hands. Because okay. my so if I look at the width, it's like the same. Yeah. Also, I don't feel like my hands are stubby. I have long fingers, but yeah, I think so. You just wanted a reason for the anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, this is why it's not because I'm a middle child and desperately need attention. I just would love some attention right now. So now we're getting on to mounds, not the candy bar, the little lumpies on your palm. Okay, do you like mounds in the candy bar? This sounds like an important question. What question? Do you like mounds in the candy bar? Oh, I actually cannot recall what a mounds. Is it got coconut in it? I think it's got the coconut. I'm not a big coconut person. Neither am I. This is why we're friends. Okay. You may continue now. I feel like, though, (laughs) I can get down with, like, touch of coconut. Like, I love, like, the Samoa cookies. Oh, yeah. That's the Girl Scouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they know what's up. It's rude, though, that they weren't taking the cash app this last summer. I was very mad. What the fuck? So You're rude. a business little girl. Get with it. Come on. Anyway, back I to I can't believe I'm still mad about that. No, We've I can believe about this in an episode. <laughs> Look at your water hands. I can believe it. Okay, okay. Mouse. Not the candy bar. What is that? They are little lumpy. So, okay. I want you to feel your palm. Okay. You don't feel around. What do you feel in there? There's like some bones. Mm-hmm. Lots of bones, I think. Many bones. Some tissue, like near your thumb. And then there's like some sort of hollow spots or spots that are not as muscular. Right. Okay, yes. So these are the mounds. I want to sort of like describe this verbally, but as a kinesthetic learner, I understand that that is kind of impossible. <laughs> so just go on this journey with me. So you're going to cup your hand a little bit, kind of like, not like you're holding a toad, but maybe like you're holding like a hamster that knows you. Okay. So you're just like making like these little deposits like seem more prominent mm-hmm. because you don't want to like spread out your hand like you're going to smack somebody. Okay. You're just cupping a little mouse, but the mouse can play viola with you now that you've lived your dream. So (laughs) right palm up, gently cupped, relaxed. This will make things more prominent. The four knuckles that connect to your fingers in your palm, they have names. So we're going to go from left to right. You're holding your right palm. So the fancy pinky finger mount, that's your Mercury. Okay, cool. Going to the right for your ring finger mount, that's Apollo, which means the sun, sun mount. Excellent. Moving to the right, the naughty middle finger mount, that's Saturn. Oh man, this mount's like a mess. Oh good. It should be. (laughs) Moving one more to the right, the pointer finger mound, that's the Jupiter, okay? Now, the center of your palm that doesn't have much muscle in it, that's called the plane of Mars. Okay. It's big, I guess, if you have earth hands. Okay. If you have water hands, I don't know how big it is. Your thumb is to the right. Mm -hmm. That little squishy muscle that's attached to your thumb that moves around when you move your thumb around, that's your Venus mount. Okay. Are we following? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, moving to the other side, the left side of the hand, that's the Luna mount. So it's like... Still by Pinky. 
Still by pinky. It's on the Got pinky it. side. That's the Luna Mount. Okay. Now there's two more mounds, and it's kind of hard to describe where they are. They're on either side of your plane of Mars. Like if the plane of Mars was like a uterus, this would be the ovaries. Okay. The inner Mars mound is right between the mound of Venus, which is by your thumb, and the mound of Jupiter, which is the pointer finger. It's not very big, okay? It's just like this squishy part. The squish. Right Got here. Mm-hmm. The outer Mars of mound between the Luna and the Mercury like this squishy part like they kind of mirror each other okay twinsies on either side and that's it i hope that was helpful that was great thank you i mean this is an audio medium why were we trying to attempt this in the first place it's hard (laughs) and you know what there's a wiki how about it so you can look it up there are videos now that you're feeling your hand you might be noticing that some mounds are really pronounced and some are kind of sunken in Mm -hmm. the more Mm -hmm. pronounced a mound the more dominant it is in your personality the softer and flatter a mound the less developed that attribute is. Oh, great. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what they represent, but I'm not going to necessarily tell you what it means if they're bigger or smaller or flatter or pointy or spiky or smell good. Because so, we would be here all day. It's going to be a long episode. So the Jupiter, which is the pointer finger, that's confidence, ambition, personal belief system, thinking like that big, expansive Jupiter energy, Zeus mm-hmm. energy, moving to the naughty middle finger Saturn, that's responsibility. It's like integrity. It's like fucking killjoy. Buzzkill. That makes sense. My Jupiter looks very large and my Saturn just looks very messy. Messy. Like, is there chocolate on it? It's just like, you know, it's got a lot happening there. Oh, it does have a lot happening there. He's like, I don't know if we want to develop. <laughs> We're going to just live here. It's fine. Then moving on to your ring finger, which is Apollo, the sun, that's optimism, vitality, and like, you know, what makes the green grass grow, what makes the moon doth blow. Mercury, which is that fancy pinky finger that's communication, wit, social skills. If you're a Gemini and your Mercury mount is not bulging with vigor, you're fucking fake. You are fake. Nobody likes you. You can't sit with us. (laughs) Luna, which is that mount that's like below Mercury, uh-huh. that's empathy, imagination, intuition, you know, all of that watery moon energy. Moving over to the other side, Venus, which is where like that little thumb is, that's love, sensuality, someone's connection to love. So it doesn't mean necessarily like the love itself, but like how they feel about love. Then there's the Mars mount. So aggression, resilience, temperament in order, going from inner Mars, which is between God, this is a lot of mind mapping. <laughs> Which is between the Venus and the Jupiter on that right-hand side, that little guy right there. Uh-huh. That's aggression and boldness, getting shit fucking done. Got it. The outer Mars on the other side, that's endurance, resilience, and emotional bravery, your ability to like grin and bear it, get okay. through it, power through. And then the plane of Mars is like your temperament, how these things come together. Okay? Love it. Okay. So now you're looking at your palm and you're like, wow, that's a flat-ass Saturn and... Wow, that's a really big Mercury, and wow, what's that mole doing there? I didn't know that was there before. (laughs) You might also be noticing that your hand has some lines on it. This is how you're going to get boyfriends. Okay, so I always heard that Mm -hmm. you could find the first letter of your name in the palm of your hand. True or false? The wiki had didn't mention that, but there's a a T. There's an A right here. Boop, boop, beak. That's amazing. Thank you. Do you see a T? There's a T, but it's faint. I love it. I think that counts. Okay. Interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I don't know if it's real. But it's fun. That is fun. Thank you. Look at us having fun on the day where the presidency is now being taken over by not a progressive, but something else. (laughs) It's a fun day. Okay, so this is what we're all here for. Yes. Now, in general... 
when reading these lines, I'm just gonna give you a general overview because we are pressed for time, okay? If a line is straight, that means your connection to it is more practical, realistic, and steady. If the line is more curvy, the more emotional, creative, or energetic it is. Oh shit. If a line is wavy, <laughs> squiggly, Okay. That's a kind of waffling, a fickleness on the part of the line. I never realized how many lines are in my hand until right now. Are you on acid? No, but maybe I should be. Oh, God. I'd love to get intimate with this hand. It tell me what's up. <laughs> how you doing? The deeper the line, the more significant the line is in someone's life. A shorter line, the less traditional or less interest someone would have in that line. Okay. If there's fraying or breaking in lines, it generally means like a redirection, multiple options change big change now you're gonna find little cross hatches circles and dark spots that generally represents some kind of event big decision or crisis depending on the line it's not always bad but usually it's like big events big things happening big like events in the future events that have happened both guess what this is your whole damn life girl So with all of that, I'm just going to hit major stuff within each line, mm-hmm. okay? But keep that in mind. Heart Got line. It. This one is easy. It's the top line at the top of your hand, okay? This one. Yes. It starts somewhere around your pointer finger and middle finger and moves out towards your Mercury mound, moving left. Oh, so this is the one where it's like you only have 20 years to live. No, this is the one that's about love. Oh. So right it's all matters of the heart. Romantic or not, here's important. If it starts below your pointer finger, okay, you're going to have a satisfying love life. If it starts below your middle finger, you're going to feel restless within relationships. If it starts somewhere in between, it means that you fall in love very easily. God damn it. Now moving below that, okay, okay. is the headline. That's the guy right below your heart line, still running like horizontal-ish okay. from right to left. It represents our intellectual pursuits and the lessons we learn throughout our lifetime. So... Interestingly enough, a headline that's separate from your lifeline, which is a guide like right below it, notes adventurousness and independence. And then if your headline is more connected to your lifeline, it generally means a more conservative or cautious approach to life. Mm, weird. Now, notice any lines crisscrossing this one. Again, these are huge decisions. It's like heady decisions that you have to think really hard about and are going to have a big impact on your life. Okay. Okay, now we're moving down to the lifeline. This is that curving line that's closest to your thumb. Oh, closest to the thumb. Okay. Okay. If it is short, it does not mean that you will die young. I repeat, Kenny from fifth grade was wrong. Okay. If you have a short lifeline or a broken lifeline, it often means independence, autonomy, and big changes in your life because you are a beautiful, dynamic creature created from the stars. I love that. So your lifeline is really about your vitality and your lived experience. So a really deep lifeline is someone that's really heavy. A shallow lifeline can mean somebody that does have health problems or has sort of a lackadaisical, nonchalant relationship to life. Okay. There's more lines. The fate line. Okay. This guy runs through the center of your palm. Okay. He's a vertical little dude running through the center. Vertical? Yeah, he's a vertical dude. He runs this way. Are you cupping? Make sure you're cupping. Okay, cupping, cupping, cupping. He runs through the center of your palm. Don't get him confused with a lifeline, though they may interact. The fate line is sometimes called the destiny line. Ooh. If your fate line is deep... There are forces at work beyond your control that will have influence in your life. If it is shallow, it means that you're your own 
fucking bitch-ass woman. Hell yes. Who doesn't answer to anybody. That looks like it's me, I think. If your fate line touches your lifeline, this is really interesting. Okay. You had an aspirational dream from a young age. Fraying or broken fate lines mean drastic changes and redirections as far as like what your purpose is. Okay, can you look at my hand? Because I don't know if I have this line or not. Okay, come over here. She's coming over here. Heart line. Okay. Headline. That one's the head. The one that has the A. Yeah, this A, this A. <laughs> okay. I think this might be your fate line. And it's interesting that it's interacting with your headline. And then this curve guy, that's your lifeline. Okay. And guess what? I always thought this one was the lifeline. Mm-mm, that one's a heart line. Crazy. Okay, and guess what? What? Oh, there's more lines. No! Walk back over here. Okay, we think we found my fate line. And it's messy. Up to something. Yeah. <laughs> So now there's one more line. There's a lot more lines, but the only other one we really have to talk about is the sun line. Okay. So who is this fool? I ain't never heard about him until today. No. So he doesn't show up in every palmistry book, but he is a line that's on the Luna Mound side of your palm. And basically he can kind of be anywhere. What does that mean? Look, I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you on a podcast. But where he is, how deep he is, basically, let me tell you, it's also called the line of success. Oh shit. Okay, where you at, fool? So... (laughs) It represents talent, compatibility, and popularity. And here's the thing about like it can be anywhere over there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your sunline can start at the bottom and move up. And sometimes it can be right under your ring finger. Okay. And it makes it really hard to talk about. <laughs> because it's like, is it you? Is it you? But yep. And those are the lines in your palm. I also read something that was like, oh, which is the line that tells you if you're going to get married and it's supposed to be like the ones that are on the outside of your palm, like over here. And then you're supposed to look at like the little tiny lines that go vertical. And it's like, that's how many children. But if I'm going to have eight children, I'm going to be really mad. Wait, which one's eight children? I have like eight little lines. Right there. So it's like this vertical line. Uh Uh-huh. That's supposed to be like marriages or deep connections. And then there's like vertical faint lines that come off and that's supposed to be like children. And then also if it's like if they splinter off like little Ys, that's twins. And if they splinter off like little Hs, it's like children that could have health problems that's a little bit what? too much real life predicting for yeah. me. <laughs> I would prefer my hand to tell me whether or not I have issues with jealousy. Yeah. I am looking at the side of my palm and I had no idea these lines even ran onto the other side. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. You got any predictions? Look at your. I'm going to get Botox. <laughs> <laughs> That's my prediction here. These hands are going to look smooth, baby. Anyway, tell us about your mounds, I guess. I don't know. Send us your hands. Cash us those hands. Yes. Catch these hands. <laughs> slap, slap. Slap, slap. That's it. That's palmistry. That's cool. And then there's like a lot of other stuff. So it's like you're supposed to be able to read the knuckles. You're supposed to be able to read the space between the knuckles. Each finger has like its own thing going on. And then it's like different colors, note different health problems. And I was like, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> it's too much. People yeah. stop listening after the mounds, probably. I think the mounds were the easiest to discern, honestly. Yeah. But I know there's lots of diagrams for this and everything. And so I thought this would help. This feels like a very tea leaf situation where maybe I'm just not a visual learner. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not me. If you were listening to this, not only would you be having to be a verbal learner, but you would be learning <laughs> from somebody who is not a visual learner trying to verbally learn you. <laughs> A thing. <laughs> to verbally learn you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On today's episode, we tried. <laughs> All right. And that means it's time for 
Which is in the news. Witches. We're in the news because we are actually in the news this time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Get ready. Our first story is hashtag witch the vote. Mm. Yum, yum. Yum, yum. I think one of our first ever witches in the news topics was about witches casting hexes against Trump. And now they were doing it again. Oh, cool. They love that. We all know that Halloween was a full moon, and not only that, but a blue moon. And many witches <laughs> use that to their advantage to help change the course of the United States election. Dun dun. On the full moon, witches met up in person and congregated online, bringing candles, the justice tarot card, a map of the United States, and paint. We're getting crafty. Interesting. We're getting paint. so crafty. They called on the spirits of the elements and their ancestors to raise a mighty blue wave to wash away the corruption and injustice and wickedness of Donald Trump and the Republican Party in a peaceful transition of power. They were asking for a lot of things from these ancestors. <laughs> they were like, we didn't have rights either. They were like, yo, please. <laughs> then they painted their maps entirely blue to ensure Democrat Joe Biden's victory. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. That's also a lot to ask of the moon. After you hex the moon. Yeah, I know. I was like, is the moon listening to you? Did she unblock you? I wouldn't. I'd be like, who do these people think they're talking to? The article talked about how important political witchcraft has become, saying that to non-believers, this magical battle for America might seem frivolous, weird, you know, woo-woo. But the spiritualism is actually evidence of how deadly serious practitioners think this election is. So, thoughts? Did we turn the election? Did we do this? I think Stacey Abrams probably did this a lot, a lot of her. Yeah, <laughs> mostly Stacey Abrams. And uh, black women, Yeah, unfortunately, saving us again. Sorry, it's not your job to do that, and you do it all the time. And, yeah. And young voters. And young voters. First-time voters, baby. Teens! 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 Yes! Finally, you come through! Second story is witches' marks in a medieval church. Ooh, Ooh how'd they get there? So more witches' marks have been found. It's crazy that we only just started talking about witches' marks this year. And oh, now yeah. it's like every other week, like, oh, new witches' marks found. It's like, oh, okay. Now we see them. We were blind to them before. They've revealed themselves. Only the pure of heart. Only the purest archaeologists. <laughs> Amateur archaeologists. <laughs> If you could see a unicorn, you could see a witch's mark. Ooh, I love that. Prerequisites. While doing excavations in an abandoned church of St. Mary's in Stoke Mandeville, I hope that's how you say it, England, archaeologists found strange stone carvings that they believe to be witch's marks. Two stones found at St. Mary's feature spoke-like lines radiating out from central holes, a design perhaps meant to entrap malicious spirits, dooming them to forever wander around an endless line or maze. According to the statement, St. Mary's was built as a private chapel around 1070. A church and aisle followed, and by the 1340s, the structure had become a communal house of worship. A new church located closer to the village replaced St. Mary's in 1866, and the witch's marks are among the many exciting archaeological finds made ahead of the construction of HS2 which for us, not in the UK, the HS2 is a controversial high-speed railway set to connect much of Great Britain. It didn't tell me too much about the controversial part. I'm assuming just like, you know, killing forests and stuff. Mm -hmm. Stuff that's been there for a long time. Yeah. Historical, important cultural artifacts. Because when people want to build something new and fancy, they don't really care about that. Have you heard of Indian burial grounds? That's true. They're everywhere. Yeah. Have you watched The Poltergeist? <laughs> Terrifying. Previous discoveries include 
include the skeleton of an Iron Age murder victim, remnants of Britain's prehistoric coastline, and a prehistoric hunter-gatherer site on the outskirts of London. I mean, those things sound cool. It's also London, which makes me think, this is an old place. There's probably lots of shit over there. Yeah, that's true. And our last story is going to be a little game. A get! A game! A game! Okay. So we're going to talk about the Great American Witch RPG. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, you'll probably like this new RPG. Great America Witch is a game where fictional witches possess awe-inspiring power, but have to navigate a world full of supernatural and many more mundane horrors. Oh, taxes. Tax. Oh, jeez. Oh, no, tax day tomorrow. What a bummer <laughs> to your game. You're hanging out with friends, and then you're like, oh, did you all do your taxes? All right, fill out the forms. And then you're <laughs> like, okay. I don't know what a 1095 is. I don't know. I'm a witch. It's the perfect game if you're still in the Halloween spooky spirit, especially if you want to tell a compelling, kind of creepy story about witches living right under the noses of polite society right here in the United States of America. Wake up. Bum, bum. Unlike D&D, it has far fewer rules and requires fewer specialized dice. All you'll need are three six-sided dice and somebody ready to guide the story as game master. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In The Great American Witch, you and your fellow players, a group of two to six is recommended, but you can play with more people because there are no rules for this game, I guess. You guys can form a coven somewhere in America. Said coven could exist anywhere within the country and at any point in time within the country's history. Oh, so you can like throw some of your historical knowledge in there, Mm. like make it fun, make it before toilets were invented. Ooh, Ooh, how wild. Witches. But the center of the game is... Poop magic. Ew. I'm sure that's a thing. Ew. Yeah. Seems like something uh, sex magic people would be into. Yeah. Sorry, continue. (laughs) But the center of the game is about using magic to tear down rotting structures that have hurt many people. (laughs) Though you can play a witch of any gender, all the witches in the game share a goal. To dismantle the white supremacist patriarchy brick by brick. I knew when you said it that it was supposed to be like these like cultural structures, but I was like, the witches, they come in. They're OSHA. (laughs) This door frame is far too rickety for these children to be in here. It is not up to code. (laughs) Just a health inspector. (laughs) My kind of D&D. You have to keep your restaurant alive. (laughs) (laughs) And that has been Witches in the News. Yay! I think I forgot to look up where you can buy that game, but it's called Great America Witch RPG. I don't really know how RPGs work. I don't know if that's something you buy or just download online, but Google it. It will pop up, I promise. Okay, Alicia and I, we're doing our fingers now. Our fingers are in the pies and they're coming out and they're telling the future. And the future says it's time for the what? The spell. Here we go. A spell for happiness. I love it. (laughs) I just... As I'm just listening to all the sirens and the music everywhere. Do I need to give a reason like, this is why you should do a happiness spell? I feel like you guys get it. If you want to help become happy, try a happiness spell. (laughs) If nothing else has worked. It's not much deeper than this. And talk to a therapist. And talk to a therapist and your friends and they love you. Yeah. Your ingredients, one yellow candle and jasmine oil, optional. Yo, this is the easiest shit we've ever done. I love it. I love easy things. Instructions. 
cleansing ground. Anoint the candle with jasmine oil, your optional jasmine oil. You don't even have to do this. Rubbing it back and forth in your hands to warm it up. If you don't have jasmine oil, simply warm the candle in your hands by rubbing it back and forth. Yeah, just kind of like, you know, give it a little massage. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to say this prayer when you light the candle. The darkness cannot penetrate me. From fear and pain, my mind is free. As I will, so mote it be. Boom. Do I need to say one more for the people in the back? Are they listening? They can play it back. Okay, okay. Light the candle, and as it burns, so too will the darkness in your life be burned away. That was so poetic. I should have read that ahead of time. (laughs) And you will rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Like a phoenix. And thank you to Eclectic Witchcraft for this super easy spell to keep us happy for the month of November. Homies. Because, you know, there's Thanksgiving coming up. So if you got to deal with some family who might not be happy right now, you might just need to give yourself that extra boost. I love it. I love it, too. That was amazing. Thank you so much for finding that. Thank you. Alicia bringing it with the spells. I'm trying, girl. I'm trying. We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod for our music. Thank you, Kevin. The mysterious Kevin, he was called to me recently. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, ooh, yes. We'd also like to thank Josie mm, mm, 19 (laughs) for their Apple Podcast review. As we say every week, I know that it's not your favorite thing to do, but you should have a lot less time doom scrolling (laughs) through social media and the news where you could scroll, scroll, scroll to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Hopefully you'll give us five stars. You have to write something. You could write anything. You could write, my mounds bring all the boys to the yard and they're like, it's better than yours. Dang right. (laughs) It's better than yours. I could teach you, but you'd have to listen to this podcast. Boom. You could write. My palms told me to write this review. Five stars. Oh, shit. Amazing. Great quality. How does my hand spell your name like this? (laughs) And then, of course, at the top of the show, we pick a particularly wonderful review from our Apple Podcast reviews, and then we read it. And that could be you, like it was for Josie this one time. Josie, mmm. Josie, mmm, mmm. Oh, mm mmm, you're right. (laughs) Just Josie after eating. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. Yum. Delicious. Yummy. These carrots. If you want to find me, Alicia, I'm on Instagram at Alicia period herder. And if you want to find Tara, and we know why we want to find you, you know why they want to find you. How can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or if you just like really want to see pictures of my dog or like memes, uh, my personal account is underscore little moss. It's on private right now. But if you follow Witch Yes on Instagram or Alicia, I usually go through and look. And then if you do, I'll add you. And if you're also on private, I just like wait it out and see how long you're willing to sit. Like what's your vibe? Yeah. yeah. I'm like what is mm, those emojis? I don't think so. <laughs> Everyone's changing their page right now. (laughs) And we are on Instagram at which yes. Share an episode in your stories, tag us, and we'll feature you in our stories. And if you don't like Instagram, head over to the which yes, the Facebook coven. Plus, you can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash witchyes. $5 patron witches and above are getting two extra episodes a month. So while we only have this fall length, and one more fall length left of season two, Patreon witches will still be getting their Patreon episodes. Because you're special. Because you're special. So special. Special. So we will look forward to seeing you on Patreon. Mwah.
And this has been Witch Yes. It says here that you're a bitch. <laughs>